Hello, I'm Liz Jones. If you read my diary in the Mail on Sundays You magazine, then you'll know me and my life pretty well. But if you've always wanted to know more, this is the place for you. Welcome to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast. I'll be taking you behind the scenes of this week's column before digging back into the archives to find some of the most shocking and hilarious stories from the last 20 years. I'll be doing all this with the help of my assistant, friend and confidant, Nick. Hello. That was from what musical? I've no idea, but my ears hurt from How listening to it. How can you have no idea? That's probably one of the most. Fu- this is what annoys me about all these quiz shows on television, The Chaser or whatever. The, they get these young contestants on, and you're not even young, so you don't have that that excuse. They get these young contestants on, and they play them a Beatles song, and they say, "Oh, well, I wasn't born then." You don't have to have been born then to know your culture and your history. How could you not know what that song is? Well, I probably would have avoided it because I don't like it. It's the, one of the most famous songs of all time. The no, age I of know a, this the is the dawning of the. We've got a new segment where we listen to the worst music and you're singing. You've absolutely got no taste. She's never seen Sex and the City and she doesn't know that that is the most famous song from the stage musical Hair, which changed society. People were naked on stage. Oh, okay. No, I've never seen Hair. Never appealed to me. Are you saying you're too young to know that song? No, no, I know the song. I just don't like it. Yeah, but you it. didn't know it was from Hair, so I you didn't, didn't know, really know. No, it. because I've not been to see Hair, have I? It always amazes me when I talk to people, and it's probably because I'm a journalist. Because when you're a journalist, you have to read everything and see everything and listen to everything and know everything. And you say, "Have you seen? Have you seen such and such?" And they say, "No, I haven't. I haven't really seen the film since I went and saw Jaws." No, no, but that no, that wasn't me. But. Let's just put this into context. There is a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of information. There's lots of shows. There's a lot of music. Yeah, but you have to absorb it. When you're a journalist, you absorb it. You absorb it all the time. It comes through your skin. It comes through the air. It comes into your psyche. But I've been absorbing different things that I actually You like. haven't absorbed anything. I did. I've absorbed, or I've been watching Prodigal Son. I would absorb Malcolm Bright, the gorgeous Tom Payne, in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. But do you know why I played the theme from her? To torture me? Because the theme this week, ladies, mainly ladies, men, just go and make well, a cup of got, tea. Go men. and make we've a cup of tea. Men. The theme this week is our hair. Oh. Because our hair is very important. And under lockdown, Boris shut all the hairdressers. And yeah. it sent a lot of women into Perda. I couldn't leave the house. No, I tell you, Boots did well during lockdown, didn't they? They had to start dyeing it ourselves. But it's not easy dyeing your own hair. You have to hold your arm up and that really is quite tiring. Then you ruin all your white sanitary wear in the ki- in the bathroom. You ruin all your towels. Yeah. I rinsed off my hair dye in the bath so my whole body got dyed brown. <laughs> but it's it's our hair is so important it to is us important isn't it to us it is and i think the thing with your hair is that you go to the hairdressers and you go in feeling dowdy and old and tired and you come out 
flicking your hair and and strutting. It does make a big difference. Well, I never leave the the hairdresser with my hair blow dried. I always leave with it wet. And in some department stores, that's illegal. Yeah, I never understand. I never understood why. Like Harvey Nichols, they won't let you leave with your hair wet. And I'm like, but heat damages my hair. It dries my hair. It gives it. I want to leave with it wet. No, you can't leave with your hair wet. Why are these hairdressers so dictatorial? And why do they always say, would you like conditioner on that? Yes. Yes. I paid £400. Yes. Would you like a head massage? Yes. I don't have a boyfriend. Yes, I want a head massage. (laughs) I don't understand leaving with your hair wet though, because I want it blow dried. Even if I'm going to Sainsbury's, I no. Want it the curly reason I leave with it done. wet as well is because I'm so busy. You obviously have time on your hands. I have to leave with it wet because I don't have time to yeah, sit there. Yeah, hang on a minute. Context, Jones. Context. When you go, you're having the whole bloody body done. You're head to toe. Do you know For what work. I mean? For well, work. For whatever reason. For but when work. I go, it's just me air. For work. So I'm entitled to the blow dry. For work. There's a reason. <laughs> I'm sorry, your nether regions are not work. I still work <laughs> if I go on a date. <laughs> I'm the journalistic equivalent of a prostitute. That's true. It's true. I'll, I'll, I'll the reason that. we're talking about here is I've done a big shoot for the Daily Mail wearing four different Nicole Kidman wigs. And I showed you the pictures. You did. I thought they were fabulous. Well, two of them were fabulous. I didn't look great with blonde hair, did I? You didn't look great with blonde hair. I looked like a very, 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 very ancient Love Island contestant. It it was quite aging, actually, blonde on you. It was. I didn't like that at all. But I loved the fiery red curls. Nicole Kidman type curls. I thought that was fabulous. I wanted you to bring that one home for me. That, that took two wigs to get Nicole Kidman's hair. Yeah, no, I, w- I would want that. That that was fabulous. It looked nice. But have you noticed watching Love Island? And I, I think you're a bit behind on Love Island. I'm well Love behind. Island. I'm distressed. Pretty much all the girls have hair pieces. They have like three-quarter wigs. They clip in bits. And they're always running around the dressing room carrying these hanks of hair like they're sort of some long-dead pet. They're not ashamed of the artifice like you and me, we'd be quite worried about wearing a wig because you think it was the, the, you know the lace front shows and someone might feel it. But those girls, they're so, and I quite admire them in a way because they're so determined never to have a bad hair day. To always, they think it's their right to be happy. It's not a privilege. It's their absolute right to have fantastic lives, and. Having big hair is part of that for them, and they don't hide it at all. And I don't see what's wrong with that at all. Why not? We wear. Yeah, but I would hide that. I wouldn't go around saying I'm wearing a wig. I'd feel ridiculous. No, I think it's. I think it's fun. I think it's. I mean, obviously, you know, there are people that wear wigs because they've lost their hair for medical conditions, and and for them, it's it's really important the wig looks looks good. But you know, for for us that are lucky enough to to have a hair and not need to, it's a bit of fun, isn't it? It's a bit of way of changing your identity. I mean, you could go out on a date, couldn't you, and role play and have like a dramatic change, or you could go incognito now. You're award winning. You could go to Sainsbury's without I being. I could go stopped. in disguise. You could I? go in disguise. I don't know who I could go as. <laughs> Well, Nicole Kidman, you've got you Nicole wig. Kidman, you I could go as Nicole Kidman. So how's your week been, Nick? A bit more <sighs> restful than mine. Not much more restful, because when you're not restful, I'm not restful. <laughs> so we're not restful together. 
I'm kind of I'm I'm having a bit of a midnight crisis at the minute. I've I've, I've midlife. Turned, yeah, midlife crisis. Post midlife. No, no, late, no. Late life. No, not late life. Midlife. Um, um, it depends how long I intend to live, and I'm not planning on shuffling off this mortal coal for a good long while. So we're going to call it midlife. But I've sort of like you were saying about Love Island and about they believe they should have a happy life. Well, I believe that too. I don't think we're meant to be miserable. No. I don't think that's that's the what idea. Megan said. That's what that's what my, my idol Megan said. She said, and I've got Megan's hair still. <laughs> it's not good enough just to survive. It's we not. need to thrive. It's not, and and I think that most of us really do that most of us drag ourselves from day to day to day and I've just gone through this thing of it's not good enough it's just not good enough and I've started wanting things that I don't normally care about like spa days I've been looking back at my youth and thinking why didn't I go backpacking why didn't I travel why didn't I see all these amazing places but now I kind of want to do the Shirley Valentine thing and just go off as an older woman and just because now I don't care I've in a not wig got those as an wig. older woman in, in a, wig. a wig incognito in case I get recognized <laughs> not and just sort of go and just do all the things that I want to do and it's it's weird because it's like I, I'm done with wasting my time as well like I love food I don't have time to cook what I want to eat, so you end up eating stuff that's quick. So I've signed. I've decided to make my life easier. I've signed up to All Plants, which is a vegan delivery service. Everything's cooked to order. It's all fresh. So it's like making batch cooking at home and sticking it in the freezer. Does it come so frozen? It comes frozen, and I've just decided I want nice food, and I want to eat out every night, which I can't afford to do, and I don't have time to do. So this is my compromise. I'm going to get some other bugger to cook it, put it in the freezer, and then I just shove it in the oven while I shower. So I think that's good. And if anybody wants to try all plants, um, I've got a code thing where you get £20 off your, off your first box. So just email me and I'll send that to you. I just think life's too short. It's just too short. I'm not wasting my time. I wish time. I had a cleaner. I wish I had a cleaner. I'd love a cleaner. I want to travel. I'm going to book to go and see the lady boys at Darlington Hippodrome. Can't wait for that. I'm just going to do the stuff I want to do. But you always fun. do exactly what you want to no, do. No, I don't. I work really hard. I'm really tired. You don't go to London and back in one day. I do don't. you know, London, you know everyone Everyone went on about that British astronaut who went to space. What was his name? He went to space. I went to London. It's the same distance, 250 miles. So everyone goes on about him going to space. I went to London and I came back in the same day. He didn't do that. He stayed up in space at the space station for a few days. He didn't come you, straight back. You, so actually I deserved a, an MBE more than that man who went to space. You do, you do. Same oh. distance. <laughs> it's the same distance. <laughs> so how's your week been? Do you want to hear about this week's column? Go on, give it to us. Which has a lovely red banner above it now saying columnist of the oh, year. Oh, what, how big did you ask for the font to be? I asked it to be 42 point. Yes. Red with fireworks. And, what and did a little you get? hat. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> this week's column it follows on from the awful dinner date with the XX when he got up and left after the main course before the tiramisu leaving me without a taxi, taking my taxi. How rude. Saying we should never see each other again. Yay! 
can I celebrate that? So I went back to my hotel, which is Kettner's in Soho. It's very nice. It used to be a Pizza Express. I like Pizza Express. It's a shame to waste a good restaurant. I closed the door of my tiny room, thankful to be alone with an unwatched episode of Love Island waiting on my iPad. Paradise. Bliss. Bliss. That is the perfect evening, isn't it? No big hairy lump of a man. Your iPad with an unwatched episode of Love Island. Yeah, no, I can go with that. It says a lot about us, so. It's so much more relaxing seeing other women being mugged off rather than me for a change. Although I think your ex-ex leaving Lacanda Locatelli after the main course on his special birthday would have made the extended highlights were I living in a reality TV show and not my own so-called life. To be honest, when I'd seen him lurking outside the restaurant smoking in awful sort of velvet trainers, I'd felt the urge to do what Cambridge man did to me and not turn up. I was wearing a mask in the cab, so even if he caught a glimpse of me, he couldn't have been sure it was me. So I, isn't it lovely when you've been out for dinner with a man or on a special thing and you get to it and you take everything off? Yeah. You peel off the lashes, you take off your high shoes and it's like, oh, the best part of getting dressed up is getting undressed, I think. Well, it depends why you're getting undressed, really. To watch Love Island. <laughs> I can think of better reasons. <laughs> Tom Cruise. I I'm pulled waiting. on a white T-shirt, not from Boohoo, thank you. Grey wool leggings from John Lewis. I settled down with a Coke and some salted popcorn and I was still starving despite my Michelin-starred meal with my new friends Jake, Hugo and Liberty. <laughs> I was thinking that's it for me, dating is too exhausting. You know, if I'd been out for dinner with a girlfriend, well not you, they wouldn't stand up and leave after the main course, would they? Well, I mean, I you'd still stand. be chomping at dessert. I was going to say, I wouldn't leave after the main course, I want my dessert. It's weird because before our dinner at Locanto Locatelli, he had sent a text saying, I will always love you. It's like a song, isn't it? It's like Whitney Houston. Do not break into salt. Do not break into salt. No, no. I oh, will. See, that was his text. We're going to lose listeners. Funny way of showing it, as my mum would say. Yeah. I sometimes wonder if he's the one with the brain defect, not me. He never thinks about my feelings, just his own. See, most men are like that. Oh, no, they only care about themselves. They only care about themselves. Martin only cares about himself, totally only cares about himself. Don't talk about Martin. (laughs) There was no, this is during dinner, there was no, oh, where are you staying? And have you seen the consultant yet? It was just, I don't like being shouted at. When he had opened up slightly, he's just like a clam that's gone off. You're not, you know, you're not supposed to eat the ones that are closed. Well, I don't eat them anyway because of the new sentience bill, but I would never eat a clam. He said, I think I've lost my confidence. And I'd placed the hand on his arm, but he didn't respond. Who doesn't respond when me, the equivalent of Megan in this country, puts a hand on your arm, you'd respond. You'd perhaps cover it with yours. Well, he just said he didn't like being shouted at. Maybe he was frightened. Maybe it was like well, a I black widow thing. I shouted at him then. And anyway, I only shouted at him within reason. You shout at Martin. <laughs> he don't care. So I started to think, why did he agree to meet for dinner? I'd given him a get-out saying if he wanted to be with his family on his special day, that's fine. I wouldn't care. I'd just watch Love Island. And I was sitting in my lovely room in my lovely woollen leggings and I'd taken my lashes off and there was this strange noise in the room. 
And I was like, I checked my hearing aids. And I thought, wow, where's that coming from? And it was this strange noise in the corner of the room. And I realised it was a landline. Wow, people still use those. People still use landlines. Wow. So I picked it up like it was like some sort of Dead Sea animal. And I said, hello. And the woman at the other end said, hello, Miss Jones, there's someone in reception for you. Da, da, da. But me, you see, being me, not you, or anyone really, I was thinking, it's the police. I'm going to be arrested. I always think I'm going to be arrested by police. What? But why would you think the police are coming to get you? I, that's just a natural thing that I have. I always think I'm going to be arrested. Whenever I see a police car, I get really frightened. Oh. Then I thought it was the credit card people saying, why are you staying in this expensive mid-Soho hotel? I always think it's the credit card people coming to get me. Say American for Express. For work. So I said, who is it? Who's in reception? She said... <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at my own writing. She said, he says he's just had dinner with you. He's always so ludicrously cagey. Just tell her your name. So then I said, um, yes, but he didn't stay for pudding. What does he want? <laughs> so she said, why don't I just put him on the line? She was getting fed up. She was feeling like she was an LP in an LP Hartley novel, The Go-Between. She was the go-between. Yeah. I was going, what, did, what does he want? What does he want? So she said, why don't I just put him on the line? Good call. Hi, he said. And desire washed over me despite his awful footwear. And what happened to Love Island and your popcorn? It's pause. It was on oh, pause. Oh, all right. It was mid-mugging off. I paused it. How did you know I'm here? I said. You always stay here. See, I do always do the same things. Don't I? Right. I like my routine. You need to break out the box. Stay in want... the Premier Inn. Then he said, do you want to come down for a nightcap? So I said, I'm ready for bed. <laughs> I've removed my corner lashes and my hearing aids and I'm wearing John Lewis. So I wouldn't normally let a man see me in John Lewis. The, the clothes, not the shop. He said, oh, well, I could come up. So I said, I only put one person in the little box when I booked online. He said, it's not 40 towers. I think it's allowed. I've come for my gift. Selfridges was shut, I said. No, I mean you. Receptionists aren't allowed to give out room numbers, are they? It's like the Hippocratic Oath. I know he didn't text first because he wanted to back me into a corner, literally back me into a corner of my tiny room. It's like a Mills and I could just novel. tell him to bugger off, oh, God. say he was badly behaved, as closed as a clam and badly dressed. I really want to watch the recoupling by the far pitch. I'm in the land of indecision. Uh, no, uh, no. Don't say no. Just say that's an amazing award-winning cliffhanger. That's what Rosie, our producer, said. No, I'm saying no. She's my new Standards, friend. Standards, Joe. She's my new he friend. He walked out at dinner. Tell him to bugger off. The, the, the listeners are just throwing their hands up with me. I think the receptionist was getting a bit annoyed as well. <laughs> just... If someone walks out on you on dinner, bugger off. But that's all men want, don't they? They don't want conversation. They don't want pudding. All they want is birthday sex. And the trouble is, it comes around once a year and you have to do it with them. I'm not like Caprice, who said this week, I never say no to my husband when he wants sex. We do it three times a week. Just say no. That should be my new motto. Just say no. Apart from on their birthday, 
you have to have sex with them. And on New Year's Eve, you have to kiss them. But apart from that, just say no. But but if you're in a relationship with someone, it's kind of like you should want to have sex with them. Not always, no. No, not always. Not on demand. But you kind of like shouldn't be dreading it. Like it's the birthday sex. Oh, my God. I'd rather watch telly, really. Well, what are you doing all this dating for then? Well, you're going from man to man to man, like a, like a butterfly. To be award winning. <laughs> you can read this week's diary in full in Man on Sunday's You magazine. But do you know what else I've been obsessed with this week? What else? On Instagram, there's been a slow drip, drip, drip. Of photographs from the set of the new Sex and the City and Just Like That. So you've been attached surgically. I've been examining it. them under a microscope. And what's the Because we all, I am the world's expert on Sex and the City. If I went on Mastermind and that was my specialist subject, I'm not so good in general knowledge, generally not history, maths. Sex and the City, I'd score 14 points. Right. So what's your conclusion? Well, we've been talking about hair and wigs and ageing and everything. And nothing stuck out more like a sore thumb looking at the pictures. Sarah Jessica Parker has still got exactly the same hair that she had 20 years ago. She's got the curls and then she's got the flat iron stuff when she's a bit stressed. The only one who's aged appropriately is Miranda. And she's got a grey bob. And to be honest, she looks better than Sarah Jessica Parker and Charlotte. Yeah. They're sort of frozen in time, as I am. They're frozen <laughs> in time 20 years ago, because that was when we were at our peak. Yeah. Just and there, only Miranda there. has gone grey. And it just made me sort of think back with nostalgia to 20 years ago. And I had so much going for me. But I've sort of clung on to my image then and my hair and everything because I want to be then again. I don't want to be now. I want to be back then because I had so much going on for me then. Yeah, yeah. I was the editor of a magazine. I had a house. I had a car. I had a husband. I had cats and I had a normal life. So I kind of am frozen in time. And Sarah Jessica Parker is frozen in time as well. Yeah. It was like, wasn't it? It was like um, when we watched the Friends thing and Phoebe was the one that had obviously not had any work. Yeah. She'd aged. And she looked amazing. Yeah. But the others looked like, like exactly what you said. The other like women. they were frozen back yeah. where they yeah. were. Yeah. I mean, they still looked amazing, yeah. don't get me wrong. But it, it, there's something to be said for natural ageing, isn't there? Something well, to it's be cause, said for... I think it's because I haven't had children and obviously Carrie's character doesn't have children. Miranda does have a big giant sort of ginger thing. I haven't really grown up and I haven't moved on and no. I haven't become an adult. No. You know, I still spend every day mucking about with my pony. I'm doing... I have exactly the same lifestyle I had when I was 12. I think it's quite hard. I think that's a good point. I think it's quite hard when you don't have children because I see all my friends that have, that have got... You don't have any friends. Um, Not I, real friends. No, I have friends. Really, I, I have friends. And their children are sort of growing up and I feel aged looking at their children growing yeah. up. And... 
But for me, in my little bubble where I've got no children, it's kind of like I am still the person I was 20 years ago because there's nothing to age you except when you look in the mirror. There's there's nothing that sort of says to you, I've achieved this, I've got, I've moved on, because we, we are doing the same things. Yeah, I, like I if I had are... now a 21-year-old daughter, I could point at her and say, I used to be like that, that's me yeah. when I was 21, yeah. but I don't have anyone to point at. No, 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 no. No, I get quite shocked when I looked at French when I look at French children, and I I don't know. I just feel that I've never grown up, and I'm sort of clinging yeah. on to my twelve year old hair the same way that Carrie is clinging on to her sort of curls, and that we haven't gone grey, and we're both childless. So I I do identify with Carrie a lot, which sort of leads me to the archive, and this is from December twenty fourteen. And this proves what a super fan I am because I went and stayed with my then boyfriend in the same suite at the Plaza Athene that Carrie stayed in for An American Girl in Paris Part 1 and An American Girl in Paris Part 2, which were the final two episodes, which I watched on my own when I had my house in Hackney and my husband was upstairs in bed. And I remember watching those last two episodes and I was so bereft that my friends, Samantha, Carrie, Miranda, Charlotte, were going to leave me. It was absolutely, I absolutely grieved for them yeah. leaving me. And those two last episodes are so well written. They're so brilliant. Paris looks amazing. So I made my boyfriend go with me and stay in the Carrie Bradshaw suite. But he's a bit like you. He'd never heard of Carrie Bradshaw. He didn't know the Plaza Athene is the pinnacle of Paris hotels. It has the only Dior spa. It's probably not on his list of priorities, though, to be fair. Just as devil's advocate. Listen, I learnt the name of his son. He should know who Carrie Bradshaw is. Okay. Okay. So we got into the suite and I tripped across the suite and opened the French windows and stood on the balcony next to all the geraniums and you could see the Dior store just below and you could see the Eiffel Tower shimmering because it lights up at night now. I did exactly the same scene that Carrie did. That's that's how sad I am. Had you memorised the script and like I tried to I just, I know the every, script? I know every single line. Okay, you do. Especially those last two episodes I've watched them so many times. Oh. And that evening, we got a taxi to Kong. And again, my boyfriend had no idea why we were going there, but Kong is this glass roof restaurant. And this is where, in those final two episodes, Carrie has lunch with her Russian boyfriend's ex-wife. So I made us go to the same restaurant. So we'd been to the same restaurant that Carrie Bradshaw had lunch with her new boyfriend's ex-wife. Are you following me? I, I'm following you. I am. I'm staying with you. Sort of. I wanted to retrace her steps in Paris, see if it would work its magic on me. But of course, Carrie had a hard time here. Demanding, because she had an argument with the, Rus- with the Russian, un autre chambre, le prix n'est pas d'importance. So she was trying to speak French. She wanted an extra room, because she'd had an argument, and she wanted another room in the Plaza Athena, which would cost about £1,500 a night. 
But the problem is you try and live out these fantasies. I'm going to the perfect hotel and we're going to walk around. We're going to look at the Eiffel Tower. We're going to have a bath together and we're going to go down to the Michelin-starred Alain Ducasse restaurant. But the problem is you're not with Mr Big or the Russian. You're with a real man. Yeah, and you're not in a fictional life. So at night, I would be woken up by this sort of spotlight in my eyes and I'd go... And he'd be walking around the room shining his iPad at surfaces at two in the morning. I'm like, why are you walking around the room? This was never in Sex and the City. Why are you walking around the room shining your iPad at surfaces? So he said, I'm looking for my tobacco. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> so we got to Kong. We ordered dinner. And he said that he was miserable without me, just treading water. I told him I hadn't been to stay with him in London, even though I've been in town every week, because he gets up so early to go to work and I need my sleep. He says he's thinking of giving up work. I looked at him, open-mouthed. Oh, God, don't give up work. Don't come and live with me. I can't live with a man. No, you wouldn't survive, or he wouldn't survive, I should say. He said, I'd give up work and I'd come to live with you in Yorkshire, but I'd have to have a hobby, learn the guitar, maybe. But I would feel very lonely when you go off on an assignment for work. I'd be jealous, stuck out in the arse end of Richmond in North Yorkshire. Well, it... He called this the arse end. Now, anyone can be rude about where they live, but you shouldn't be rude about where but you live else to someone else. No, no. When actually they live in a shithole. Yeah, and actually it'd be busy. There's dogs, there's horses, there's housework, there's no. cooking. Is that busy. men you see? They think, oh, I'll come and live with you, but I might have some time on my hands. I'll learn to play the piano. No, I can give you a list of assignments. There's the stepladder. Yeah, there's the paint. There's the paintbrush. Crack on. So I said to him, I can't believe you said that. You're always so blunt. I nearly quoted Carrie, who, talking to the Russian, who made a comment that's possible that Samantha might die of breast cancer. So Carrie says to Alexander, the Russian, I need my relationships, like my espresso, with a little bit of milk. That's true. I don't like no. people who are too blunt with me. No. Do, do you see what I mean? It's, no, you don't have to be harsh. No one needs to be harsh. So I said to him, well, you don't exactly go to the Royal Opera House every night. So all these people who say they can't live London, they, they don't even know where Victoria Park is. They've never queued for the ballet at the Royal Opera House. You might as well live in Basildon. True. So I had a big go at him because he wasn't appreciating the lovely suite. He didn't know that Kong was where Carrie went to lunch with the Russian's ex-wife. So I said to him, you complain about everything. It's your default setting. On Eurostar, even though we were in business premiere, you complained there was no table linen. At my beautiful house, you said you didn't like my red Alvar Alto vase. This is from someone who doesn't have a light in his bathroom. I told him that I know the candle in his bathroom was left there by his ex. I bought that candle, he said. I said it was a purple aromatherapy candle from Boots. I don't believe you. He started patting the pockets on his coat. Are you looking for your tobacco, I asked him. Having had disturbed sleep because he kept looking for his tobacco with his iPad. 
No, he said, my lighter. So that's the reality of a romantic mini break mm. in Paris. You book the Plaza Athene, you book Carrie Bradshaw Suite, you go to Con, but they blame you because they lost the lighter because you made them rush. That's the reality of relationships, Nicola. I think that's the reality of trying to engineer the perfect scenario from a fictional... But, sit- but No, but I, no, I don't agree with that. I think most people, most women, like to plan a nice little mini break or a nice lunch. No, I agree. I or agree a nice with walk. You. I agree with you, but I think everything is so heightened, isn't it? So Sex in the City is important to you, getting that suite was important to you, that restaurant was important to you. And it didn't yes, have but the I, same relevance I, I, to him. I join in when something's important to a man. Like my husband yeah, loved to football. I was on first name terms with the, all the people from La Liga in Italy. I knew every single footballer yeah. from behind. Yeah. You know, I knew which way they were going. Yeah. So it's I agree, a, you I have agree. to you have to sort of show willing and not just be dragged around Paris moaning. Well, no, I no, I totally agree with you. I think the problem is is our expectations. So I've done it. I've I've created a lovely scenario. Look at you with you organised the picnic for Martin. Yeah. You got all the food. You did cauliflower steaks, and he never turned up. No, no. no so this isn't unusual. I think drinking. most women do plan lovely outings, yeah, yeah. and most men just moan and grizzle, and they won't listen to the sat nav lady, and they say, "Oh, I don't. I'm not really hungry." I would have had. A million, trillion, million, billion times more fun if I'd gone to Paris on my own. Yeah. Or with a girlfriend. Or on my own. Appreciate it, you know, and yeah. have some fun. Of course. Yeah. yeah, of course. Another Sex in the City fan. Another Sex in the City fan. Every week, lots of you get in touch telling me what you think about my life and my decisions. So I think it's only fair that you get to have your say here on the podcast too. If you'd like to get in touch, then go to lizjonesgoddess.com or tweet me at lizjonesgoddess. So sorry to interrupt, Liz, but we have a very important announcement that might just interest your listeners. There's another Mail on Sunday podcast and it could change your life. It's called Medical Minefield. Yes, where we talk about the ethical dilemmas at the heart of the health stories that matter the most. And that's with me, Barney Kalman, the Mail on Sunday's health editor. And me, Eve Simmons, the deputy health editor. Find us at mailplus.co.uk. So how are our lovely readers, Nicola? Our readers are lovely. As ever, we've had loads and loads more emails wishing you well because you haven't been well and um, talking about your award. We've had loads of those. And we've also had an email from Barry who says, Hi Liz, I've been a great fan of your column for many years. Having just read your latest tomb for the 25th of July, I can't tome. believe. Tome. Beg what, your what pardon. What do you call it? Tomb. Tome. <laughs> tome. 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 Uh, for the 25th of July, I can't believe how badly you've been treated over the years. I think it's time you looked after number one. Yes. You are far too generous. Um, the many people who are never seem to be appreciative of your generosity. Live for yourself. Live for myself think, and sex in the city. And sex in the city. I think we should be doing more of that anyway. I don't think there's anything wrong in making sure you have a nice life. Yeah. I don't. And we've also got Suzanne 
who wants a bit of advice and she says that she teaches secondary school in English and has done for 17 years and this year she wrote her first manuscript and is now editing it she'd like to forge into feature writing she loves your confessional style in the Daily Mail and that you live in North Yorkshire she's from North Lincolnshire but lives in Melbourne I think I think she trumps us in Melbourne that'd be quite nice could she go over to Sydney is Melbourne <laughs> You email her, say, Suzanne, never mind your career. Can you get to Sydney? Can you look up Nige Can you stalk and Nige? sit in a car and take some pictures and see what's going on? That that could potentially be legal. Like no, it's in. not. They do it all the time on television. <laughs> it's, it's, it's quite stalkery, though, isn't it? I'm waiting for you to suddenly find something to do in Sydney. I am. I'm waiting for Come it. Come on, Suzanne. Here's your first feature. I'm Liz Jones's mole, and I'm in Sydney. <laughs> God. And I'm looking for Nige. Look, you can't be self-serving. We're here to help Suzanne. She wants to know with your. I tell you, experience. no, Suzanne. I tell you what made me bristle a bit there, and I'm sure you didn't mean it, and I'd still like you to go to Sydney. Was that you said I love your confessional style? I absolutely hate. Ever being called a confessional journalist. I'm not a confessional journalist. I'm a writer. And the job of a writer is to be honest and to tell people what's going on and how you're coping with this and to trawl whatever you're writing about and be honest about it and tell people about the ugly things. Tell them the truth. What I hate is these features in magazines saying, oh, well, me and my husband, we went to Mallorca on holiday and just as we were going to the out airport, we saw this derelict finca and we've now done it up and we rent it out for £5,000 a week and it's so lovely and our children love it. And you know the truth is she's got a huge mortgage and she can't pay her debts and the builders walked out. I'm not a confessional journalist. I actually tell you the reality of what it's like to have a facelift or to grow old or to be cheated on or to be made bankrupt or for my mum to die or for Hilda to die. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Com you yeah. Don't, do you ever hear men called confessional journalists? They're not. If a man writes about his wife dying of cancer or his book, oh, he's so brave. Mm. Oh, look how he's opening up. He's so brave. What a great writer. When you're a woman, you're just a confessional journalist. I'm not a confessional journalist. I'm just a writer. And writers, that's your job. Tell us the ugly things. Tell us the uncomfortable things. Don't pussyfoot. Well, that's it from us this week. If you enjoyed listening to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast, why not visit mailplus.co.uk forward slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces and more. I'll be back next Sunday. But for now, I'm Liz Jones. And I'm Nick. Goodbye. Goodbye.